Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, we are back. Oscar's dying, Finn's dad is dying, uh, Margot's dad has already been dead and now found, Peter's uh, walking around in an elevator with the shirt off. What a time it has been on Port Charles and General Hospital. We're going to break it all down next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, hey, everybody. That music is back. That means we are as well. Welcome to the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV, breaking down all the latest happenings there in Port Charles, New York. I'm Frank Moran. Hey, and I'm Carla Renato. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We're back. We're back. We're back. Now, before we get all of the important details, first, let's all just celebrate Carla on her great birthday. She was mm. partying so hard last week that <laughs> she was. just could not possibly get to the studio. I was partying hard. My friends had a little birthday celebration for me, and it got started a little later than we had anticipated. And I didn't want to be rude to my friends and bounce out on my own birthday party. So there right, was that. Be rude to us. That's cool, Carla. <laughs> I wasn't rude to you guys, but yeah. I love you guys. You know that. I was I was here and I was, you know, the whole day I was like, I cannot wait to see Carl. It's going to be so great. He and is then... so lying. He's so lying. So let me tell you where else we were and why we were absent for such a long time. So I was at the Toronto Film Festival in Toronto doing my film critic duties, and then I had my birthday. So I'm back. I'll be here for a while. No worries. It's all good. And let's get started with all things Port Charles. I did like how you started that sentence saying, uh, where we've been, then just listed where you've been. Uh, no worries. I was just at home crying. So it was, I wasn't anywhere. I'm going to act like I don't hear you right all now. All right. That's <laughs> par for the course. As always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And feel free to hop in the chat. Carla's got her handy-dandy iPad here with the <laughs> chat up and running. So she is ready to read all your great thoughts and comments about what's been happening for the past couple of weeks there in General Hospital. And I say let's jump into probably the, the one that I think is uh, has the potential to be a really uh, cool story, kind of reminiscent of uh, Stone, but for a uh, modern day and age there. Uh, and that is Oscar, Oscar funny enough, yeah. that uh, he has, uh, as of right now, an inoperable brain tumor, mm-hmm. and he is dying. Mm-hmm. That was that was a little unexpected. I didn't when he passed out, and they were t- they talked for days and days on end about him having low blood sugar. I thought really that that's all it was. The fact that they gave him the the prognosis of having a brain an inoperable brain tumor was like wow. Okay, didn't see that coming, and it's going to affect so many people. And the person it's going to affect the most, other than his mom and dad, Kim and Drew, is it's going to affect Joss and Cameron, especially Cameron, because Cameron's really being a butthead. That is true. Uh, you know, I did tie this in kind of like with the the Stone storyline with Robin and Stone. So mm-hmm. certainly, you know, different circumstances, but the idea of having a young ch- a young person kind of taken way too soon mm-hmm. when they had so much uh, potential life left to live mm-hmm. uh, due to an illness. Uh, for for that it was a uh, uh, for, you know, for Stone it was AIDS for 
Oscar this brain this cancer, tumor. yeah. But uh, I, I would like to see if General Hospital really just dive deep. I mean, it, it would be a sad story, but it could be uh, a really well-told one. I think they are going to dive deep, and I think they're going to tell it well because they have proven time and time again that, that that's something that General Hospital does really well, I think. When they take an issue like that, they go full throttle with it, and they flesh it out for all it's worth. Look at the storyline that's happening, the Alzheimer's storyline. They're doing an excellent job with that, so I don't doubt for one second that they would not do just as well of an exemplary job with Oscar's brain condition. No, that's true. But you could also see it like uh, we've been telling you so long it's inoperable. It's inoperable. And then mm-hmm. at the last second, there's this radical procedure some... yeah, no. that is, you know, has a low percentage for success, but we can try it. Their fans would be like, what the hell? I actually have a friend that passed from brain cancer. And once cancer cells spread to your ba- brain, there's no coming back from that. There's, There just isn't. And she, from the diagnosis to the day she passed away, it was very rapid. So, well, I mean, if they do that, it'll be for the sake of television because that's not real life at all. Well, the the big thing with this is that Oscar, as of right now, uh, doesn't know that he's dying. Kim has made the decision when she found out about his diagnosis to keep, keep that it a from, secret. Yeah, because she did not want him living his life with knowing that his death was uh, looming large in his life rather than just be able to just live his life as a teenager. Right. Somebody mentioned somebody in the chat room mentioned they said to remember BJ as well. And then there was uh, Sam. Danny has leukemia. I think leukemia is what uh, Danny has. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's in remission. I mean, and BJ, a little bit different because, I mean, that was just a, a sudden tragedy and she was just taken right off and then, of course, gave B- uh, Maxie her heart. Yeah. So uh, this, uh, that's why I felt like Stone is probably the most in comparison because it's a, well, I think that the length of this will be much shorter than Stone's was. But yeah. it's the idea that you see somebody that... Uh, how they're coping, knowing that their death is kind of forthcoming. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but Kim has made the decision that, hey, you know what, I'm not going to tell Oscar. And she probably would not tell him until it became absolutely necessary. But at least <laughs> talking with Drew, they came up with a compromise, we'll tell him after his birthday. Right. Which, you know, as soon as you tell a benchmark about, like, we'll tell him after at this point, you just know that it's ready for that to come out. And footnote to that, <laughs> whenever there is a secret, quote-unquote, on the soap, it's not going to be a secret for very long. Look how long it took for us to find out that Peter was Anna's son. You know what I mean? Secrets on soap operas don't say secrets for very long. So it was it was no surprise that by the end of the week, it was discovered that all these... And it was amazing to me how many people were getting the news. I'm yep. like, can anybody keep their mouth shut in Port Charles? Like, really? <laughs> well, you know, I at least for people who were finding out, it sort of made sense. I mean, yeah, it made sense that Sam knew. It made sense that Drew knew. It also made sense that Elizabeth knew because she's got two young boys and she's also working in the hospital as a nurse under Dr. Kim. So, yeah, all of those people, I get it. But when Franco found out and then just left the stuff sitting up on the computer, I'm like, see, now that's just that was just that was careless. That, of course, Franco's got to I mean. He's got to always kind of stumble a little bit in all of this stuff. But but I don't I, think he knew he stumbled. Well, no, I mean, he doesn't realize that. I mean, I, 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 as soon as he had it on the, on the monitor, I was like, somebody's just going to walk in and see this on this monitor. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did at least like that it, it, uh, Elizabeth was straight with Kim. It's like, I will not tell him, but if he asks me directly, I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And so I did like that, the idea that it's, we don't have to play where 
I'm trying to keep the secret from the man I love about, you know, a close personal Yeah, friend. I'm glad we didn't do that because they do that on General Hospital a lot. So I yeah. was really glad that they kind of, you know, moved away from form with that particular situation. <laughs> like, please, can we just not do that this one time? <laughs> just this one time. And this, at the end of this week, we did have some uh, scenes with Franco and Drew, actually just, and it was having a conversation about this whole Oscar situation. And it was interesting to see Franco in a scene like this. Where it's it's not him focused on him, and it's not about something that his baggage from his past life. Mm-hmm. It's him trying to help another human being mm-hmm. in some fashion. It was actually kind of cute, but it was very short lived. <laughs> it yeah. was very short lived. I was like, oh, okay, Franco. But fr- speaking of Franco, Franco had a really interesting week in Port Charles because when all the stuff was kicking off with with the Oscar and the Drew and all of that, he runs as he usually do. Does rather he runs to Dr. Collins for help, not realizing that Dr. Collins isn't Dr. Collins. And then what happens? He gets conflicting information. Dr. Collins had told him the complete opposite of what Ryan is telling him to do. And even even Franco looked at him like, "Did you really mean to say that?" <laughs> <laughs> even he was like, "I don't think." He, and he's not a doctor. He looked at him like, "Are you sure this is right?" Which, which, and that seemed to be a recurring theme with anybody that he spoke to in Port Charles that week. Every time he opened his mouth to say something, everybody would kind of look at him like, really? It, that's really how you feel about that? Well, I mean, I guess that's the risk when you take over your twin brother's life <laughs> and you haven't been involved in it for, what, 20 years so or 25 years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you run that risk of you know being a little bit behind mm-hmm. on uh, you know all the ins and outs. I know, but that was funny to me that every single person was like, they had that, that doggy, that puppy look to the side like, Ur, like, did you really just say that? It was interesting. You know, and it's, you know, it's, I, of course, since we know everything that's happening and the fact that they have uh, have switched places, mm. uh, not to Kevin's desire, but no, definitely for not Ryan's. by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I guess you can understand if they all think that he is dead, they have no reason to ever suspect like, oh, guess what? Ryan is still really alive and he's swapped places with Kevin. And yeah, and he's out here rocking around free. So, uh, yeah. It, but it still doesn't make some of those scenes kind of, kind of annoying at some points because it's it's. I feel like you keep getting that same beat of like. But you, like I said, you keep getting that same reaction yeah. of oh, did oh okay, is that really how you feel? Yes, like. But I, and this is the thing that kind of annoyed me. Like, did not one person peep? And the person I expected to peep it was between Lulu and Maxie. I thought between Lulu and Maxie, they would peep that something wasn't quite right. I, I think the biggest challenge for Ryan will be when Lori gets back. Because mm, she'll peep it right away. I, I think she would. She she would. I think she would immediately be like, "What is going on? You are acting completely different." Yeah, she'll 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 peep it right away because she's married to him and she's known him all this time and she knew him during that time that he committed those those serial killer murders but the thing that made me laugh was when um who was it somebody said something to him oh lulu was was trying to convince she went to him to plead her case thinking she was speaking to kevin and she goes you know i think it's really important that i do this story which makes me laugh because a few weeks ago she was swearing up and down to maxi that she wasn't going to do the story and she was just giving them the heads up that the story was going to be done I'm like, hmm, so what happened in the interim? That happened, and then this happened. So then <laughs> so then she's like, I think it's important for this story to be told. And then she says, because, you know, Ryan is like a Port Charles legend. Really? 
Is a serial killer really a poor Charles legend? I don't think so. Well, a legend, but not necessarily in the great way. But, but the mean, way she said it was like, he's a Port Charles legend. I'm like, oh, no, Lulu, really? Is that how we're going to justify doing this story? Well, she, I mean, I, I will say because there are those scenes between Peter and Lulu where Peter's like, this story is going to happen. And it could be somebody else telling the story or it could be you. Uh, and Lulu pushing back saying the difference between any other story, any other magazine, any other network coming in is that they're just going to come in here, tell a story, and leave. We actually live here. We're going to mm-hmm. have to live with these people. So if we're going to tell a story, then we should do it with as much respect and consideration for everybody involved as possible. Okay, you know what? You're right. Because she did say it was is part of Port Charles history. So we should you know, pay homage to part of Port Charles history. But I'm like, there's other things in Port Charles history that you could pay homage to other than a serial killer, I'm just saying. Hey, like when we turn the city to ice. <laughs> let's we'll be just, celebrating that. I'm just saying. Let's, let's, just, let's just talk about that. Did, I can't remember. Did we say that, that Drew, not Drew, did we say that Oscar eventually found out? Well, at, at the end of uh, this week, it's him and Cameron. And Cameron's like, you've been lying. Like, I know he straight up called him like Cameron's getting on my nerves. I want to punch him in his throat. I really do. If you suspect that, okay, just walking through Cameron's actions, he comes in. Here's uh, Franco leaving a message for Drew saying, "I'm so sorry about Oscar." Walks by, sees the whole, which like uh, you know, brain cancer for kids uh, website, and then he was like, "Oh my gosh, Oscar must have brain cancer." That's why, uh, you know, that's why everybody's been kind of concerned about it. Weird about it, yeah. But would you then your immediate thing to be angry? At, at that person? Right. No. You're, a normal person would have empathy. A normal person would be like, how can I help you through this? But Cameron has proven over the last couple of weeks that he is very selfish and he doesn't care about anybody but Cameron. And he wants Joss by any means necessary. It's so weird. Like- Which is so funny to me. It's like, really? You're going to step over the dead boy's body to get to this girl? Do you really think she's going to want to be bothered with you after all of that? No. You're a liar. You're lying to Jocelyn. And you know when we come oh. back next week, she's going to be standing there and overhear it. You know she, this, she's going to be standing there having overheard the whole thing. I'm just like, oh. Well, because there's even that shot where, the, where her, uh, Cameron and uh, Oscar start talking. It starts off with a scene of Jocelyn in the background kind of putting a box away. Right. Like, she is not that far away. Right. It's no way it's no way she, she didn't hear that. But I'm just I, I feel bad for Oscar and Joss. They it just seems like they keep they keep getting slammed with adversity at every turn. Like there's always something that's that's messing with their their little young lives and I feel bad for them for that. Like can't they just be teenagers and fall in love and have their little spats and do their little teenage thing? I just I feel bad. I what I'll tell you that I don't feel bad about is like I don't want to see. <laughs> of, uh, course you, of course, you got to say it. Those scenes where it's Oscar and Jocelyn talking about we've got the rest of our lives. We're young, and they, any scene that starts talking about that, no. so I'm like, we get no. it, we get it, guys. It's no. going to be funny because you keep talking about how, <laughs> no, how much long yet. But then there was this moment which I thought. In this, when this was said, I thought Oscar knew when he has that scene with Drew, and he says. Um, there's no f- future to look forward to. And Drew's face kind of goes like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm talking about the asteroids. And then you see like this wash of relief come over Drew's face. And I'm, it was just too much dancing around with that subject that I knew eventually by the time the week was over, somebody was going to spill the beans. And it, when Kim finds out 
that it was Cameron that spilled the beans, I can only imagine the scene that's going to go down between her and Elizabeth. It's going to be epic. Well, I was reading online about some story points there, and they're saying that uh, Oscar may have known about this even before Cam knew, that he may have had these inklings. thoughts and feelings and inklings. So mm. it will be interesting to see next week what, uh, what Oscar says and, and yeah, what he's kind of maybe assumed or thought or kind of had a hunch about. Uh, it's you know still wow that's a big that's a terrible hunch to have as a kid I'm just saying that's a lot now, right, uh, before we continue on with the rest of the stories I will put you in in Kim and Oscar's shoes would you want to be would you want to be like do, like Kim and kind of keep your child ignorant about this no if 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 I were a mom and I had a child that had something had something that was inoperable especially of a brain tumor or brain cancer. Those things are very unpredictable, and like I said earlier, they move very rapidly. So I would want to tell my child as soon as possible because the reality of the situation is neither one of us really knows how long he or she would have, and I would want to take advantage of of every moment that I have and make it as precious and special as possible until um, the universe takes them on to, to wherever they need to be in the other section of their life, whatever that is is going to end up being, but no, I would definitely, I would definitely pull them to the side and have a conversation with them and tell them and and guide them and 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 be with them and and support them because that's a difficult thing for a teenager to go through as it is. Their friend, their friends are going to be acting different. Other adults are going to be acting different. The only common, not the only common staying power that you're going to have should be with your parents. So, yeah, I would tell them. I would think I would I would want to tell them too, and I think as a teenager, or, you know, as a person, I would want to know that as well because I think it would certainly affect what you wanted to do with your life. Because yeah. certainly you're not going to put focus on a lot of things because you're, without knowing the diagnosis, you're assuming, oh, I've got plenty of time to get to this and this no, and this. take them out of school, let them travel. Like he mentioned yeah. that he wanted to do that hike with Drew up that mountain. Let him take time out of school and go hiking with Drew. Let him do all the things. Let him have a bucket list. Let him do all the things that he ever dreamed about doing in his lifetime. Let him have that experience before he can't remember what an experience is, you know? Yeah. That's what I say about that. Oh, well, look at that. That's been a moment with Carla. <laughs> I think that'll be an ongoing part of the show now. A moment with Carla. A moment with Carla. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked in terms of the Ryan story. We mm. didn't mention Peter August. We did have several scenes where we get uh, Peter and Maxie trapped in an elevator. And Peter freaking oh, out. And the shirt coming off. with that PTSD. Yeah. And then, and, but I loved when when Maxie said his abs had abs. That made me holla out loud. I live for her lines because her lines are hilarious. <laughs> they give her the best comedic stuff to say. And she says it with such conviction and with such normalcy and seriousness that you, you know it's a joke when you hear it. But man, I live for when she makes a joke because it is everything. When she was like, you know, his abs have abs. I'm like, really? Is that what you're thinking about while you're in the <laughs> elevator with him with no shirt on? I guess so. Because his abs were kind of staring her in the face. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> and, and they certainly have not been subtle now about <laughs> that there was definitely at least an interest from both sides. About yeah. Because they will keep Lulu, mentioning. Yeah. Lulu kept saying, oh, he talks about you all the time. And she's like, really? He's talking about me? Oh, what did he say? I'm yeah. like, one thing that I did like about that, though, is uh, during the course of the week, we also had Robin come back into town to mm. a visit because she wanted to meet Peter mm. as well and kind of see that. And I, admittedly, I was underwhelmed with that scene. I wanted it 
I it was quick. More. It was quick and, and it, was, it was a little too. Yeah, I agree with you. It was that was a little too fast. I really, I really would have loved to seen a little more conversation and interaction with them. Um, but but at the same time, we know when Robin hits poor Charles that she got to hit it and quit it and try to see everybody at one time. So she she got her mom and dad by mistake at the same time. She yeah. got Finn by mistake. She got Jason. She got uh, uh, Peter. So she kind of hit all the bases, and I think it ended with it ended with her and uh, Jason going to dinner. Yeah. Right. So she kind of hit it with everybody. But I love the fact that Jason is the one person still that keeps her grounded. Because when she when she expressed the fact that he's still the only person that she can really talk to, and she expressed her discontent with the whole situation with Peter and her mom and how she was feeling about that, and he, he broke it down, and he was like, look, you know, you have to give her some credit. That was a very hard burden to carry around, and it's one that she's still trying to overcome. You got to give her a minute. Like, put yourself in her shoes. And she was like, where were you when I attacked her? <laughs> <laughs> like, where were you when I was talking bad about her and I was being all nasty and mean? So <laughs> that is a friendship that I I really enjoy, and I'm so glad that. I mean, certainly uh, Kimberly McCauley is not on the show as much as I think everybody would like, but uh, that when they are on, they do make time to really kind of show how strong that bond is between uh, uh, her the family, yeah, yeah, between her and. Uh, I love and when she Jason. comes there, and her hair looked fabulous. It was all shiny and fierce. I'm like, go ahead, Kimberly McCullough. <laughs> <laughs> But your fierce hair. Yeah, I mean the Robin Jason friendship is. I mean relationship and friendship have always been great, and so it's yeah. been nice to see that the show really wants to always uh, address that anytime they get a chance to put those two together. Yeah, it was it was great. I really, I really enjoyed that, and um, I really and uh, real quick, I wanted to address the conversation that she had with Anna, where she actually asked her. Now that she's calmed down from the shock of being told that news, she actually sat down and asked her mom, you know, what did that feel like for you when you found out that that Peter was your son. Like, what was that like? I'm really glad that they had her ask that question and they didn't leave it lurking in the air somewhere for us to wonder how she felt about Anna having Peter as a son. Anna straight up told her. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And what I also like too is that uh, Robin kind of facilitated that conversation between Maxie and Anna. Mm-hmm. That, that I mean, I feel like you, I often forget like, oh yeah, Anna is her godmother, mm-hmm. and because you, they, they're they, family, they really do scenes together. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have them have a good conversation about this. Yeah, but when they do, it's very heartfelt and it's very touching. Remember when Nathan died and Anna came up to hug Maxie, and there was that moment that they that they shared <clears throat> that really genuine moment that they shared. That was that was great. I, you know, Fanola Hughes is Anna. I just love her in that role. I hate it when they made her a little whiny for a minute. That kind of got on Oof, my nerves. Yeah. But I really, really love watching her on General Hospital. She's so good. It's uh, Have you been satisfied now that she's back in town now? Mm-hmm. And how how much or how little you've seen of her trying to kind of reconnect in some fashion with Peter? No, I, there was that one scene that they had together where they discussed it, and he pretty much said that he wanted nothing to do with her, and she pretty much said, "Well, I'll always be your mother, and, and know that if you're here, I, if if you need me, I'm here." And that was it. I don't expect them to have more conversation unless some tragedy goes down where he actually needs her or she needs him. So I don't. I'm not surprised by them not having a whole lot of connection or interaction in real life. That would be normal that it would take time for that to, to facilitate in another direction. I have a feeling it's not, uh, 
a matter of if, but just when. Yeah, absolutely. Something comes up where Peter needs her help, and then that will kind of, you know, break down some of the walls. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. Peter? <laughs> Mama, I need you. Wait. Let's, let's, I just, and I have to point this out, too. So, backing up just a little bit with Cameron and Oscar having that fight, and Cameron full on just cold cocked, I'm not Cameron, uh, Oscar cold cocked him right in the face. He was like, my dad taught me a few things. And he was like, do do. I was like, well, there you okay. Go. He's a quick learner, that Oscar. Well, okay, Oscar. <laughs> and then Cameron kind of had to like eat crow for a minute. I was kind of loving that because Cameron's getting on my nerves. Oh, he's like the worst. He's like, he's like a, a teenage nightmare for a mom. He does everything you're hoping and praying that your kids don't do. <laughs> uh but you know what we hope and pray that everybody <laughs> what does? What is that, Frank Moran? Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> we're praying that our After Buzzers uh, will go and check out all the other great quality content that we produce here at After Buzz TV. Because you know what? We produce after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. Yes, we do. Dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. You know, there's no network that works harder to satisfy and serve you, our TV fans. Yep, yep. But we need your help. So we're asking that you subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. And by subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest other content that's tailor-made for you. And you'll have AfterBuzz continue to grow. How nice of that. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, don't worry because they are optional. So hit that subscribe button now. And uh, so you'll for this channel and check out all the other great channels and content that we have here on YouTube as well. And let us know you did so in the comments. And you know what? The one, the only, the Curvy Critic herself. We'll come out with a great personalized shout out for you. It's going to just, you know, bring a tear to your eye and a lump to your throat. It's going to be so profound and so touching. So until then. You did not say a tear to your eye and a lump to your throat. That's right. There you go. (laughs) Thanks for being the best fans around and for making us the ESPN of TV talk. All right. Well done, Frank Moran. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. I live for this moment of the show. That gives me great joy to watch you do that. It really does because you're really good at it. Gosh. Carla, let's go on. Tell me more. Yeah, you're great at that. I would suck. So that's why you do it. (laughs) I'd be stumbling over words and all kinds of stuff just because I would be nervous. Like, see, I would be nervous. She's a professional, folks. (laughs) Stop. Uh, Stupid. (laughs) Stupid. One last thing about the Ryan thing before we jump on to the vast other storylines that we have is there was that awkward moment at the end of one episode where Lucy shows up at the hospital to meet Ryan for Dinner. dinner. And then the next episode, it's their meeting in the Metro Court, and it's like they're meeting again for the first time there. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, I was, I'm glad you brought that up because I was confused. I'm like, didn't she just show up at the hospital? And he was like, oh, I'm glad you could make it. And then we heard him on the phone invite her to dinner. So then when they showed up in the Metro Court, it was like, didn't y'all just have this conversation? <laughs> yes. I was like, didn't this conversation already happen? What, why y'all acting like this is the first time y'all running into each other? It was weird. It was. It, it was. was. It was very odd. It was one of those that made me think like, oh, they shot that first and then realized like, oh, we're running short on the <laughs> earlier episode. Maybe we just shoot something real quick. It was very odd. It was. That was, I think that was, yeah, that was odd. Yeah. That was a, a mis- mishap on their part, I think. I am only, <laughs> and what I do like about Ryan is that, you know, I'd like to talk to Felicia alone. I'd like to talk to her alone. Ryan is creeping me out. Yeah, there He's you creep- go. He is creeping me. John Lindstrom is he, I see an Emmy coming his way, but he's creeping me out. He's, he's creeping me out. That fantastic. look on his face, and he's got he's got that. Ear, this is the thing that I love about how he's playing Ryan. He's got that eerily calm, cool, and collective vibe that you see in movies when somebody's playing a serial killer. Like they're always very. 
like nothing ruffles their feathers, which is really interesting because once there was that moment in the Metro court with Lulu and um, Lucy where they were like kind of, they were taking a trip down memory lane, so to speak. And he was like, okay, no more trips down memory lane. Yeah. Like he shut it down. And she looked at him like, that, like every once in a while he kind of loses his cool. It's, and so I'm interested to see what's going to be the one moment that's going to make him go full tilt. Because we're starting to see glimpses of him not being, you know, cool, calm, and collected Kevin Collins and that that side of Ryan jumping out, you know. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, since it would be interesting when they see him and Felicia in a room together. Oh, my God. I'm so not looking forward to that. That's going to be horrible. And I feel like it will be interesting to see what makes people even think that the possibility that Ryan – this could really be Ryan. Because she's going to know right away. But if you think he's dead – would that be the first thing that would come to your mind? She's going to know right away because he's going to say something. There's going to be something in his mannerisms or something that he says or a way that he moves that's going to tip her off. And she's going to see it right away, just like she did the last time. Can't the, wait. Her recognizing him in the car is what saved her the last time. I don't know what's going to save her this time. Uh, Mac. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope they bring Mac back. Come on, baby. Let's bring Mac back. That's right. Let's bring Mac back. He's going to get just like, hey, let's go to the floating rib and have some ribs. Talk it all out. Uh-uh, not the floating rib and have some ribs. <laughs> she was so wrong. Well, you know, if you're not going to go to floating rib, you're going to go to Charlie's. And oh, speaking of Charlie's. Yes. A lot of great stuff happening. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had the uh, Mike realizing, hey, I got to help my son and I'm going to blow up this this place so they can't ever find the body. To Christina <laughs> doing the the terrible uh, oh. Deed of going back to get the wrench so that he wouldn't get in trouble and, and get tripping. trapped. Yeah, uh, the... trips and hits her head and is on the floor. And Mike is freaking out, going, "I got to go back and get her." And Julian's watching all of this, going, "What the hell is going on? Why is everybody freaking out?" Which was funny to me that Julian was the one person that was calm during all that. He was the one person that wasn't freaking out. I'm like, mm, "Is your establishment that's catching on fire? How come you ain't a little bit more upset than you are?" And it, all in all, it didn't it didn't result in that much, except enough to, to kind, of, kind of ruffle the foundation so they could find that body. Exactly. But uh, I did like, I have to admit, you know, I, I, I've not been the hugest fan of Julian ever since what they did with him and Alexis. I've just never like, why are we supposed to care about this guy? But I did they're like. They're redeeming him, though. I yeah, feel like they're redeeming him a little bit. A little bit. But because what I liked how he handled this is that. He didn't think of it as like, oh, here's something I can use to stick it to Sonny and get him arrested and get all this power. Because he know that's gonna flip back on him too in some way. So he went, he went to Sonny and was like, uh, look at here. Yeah. <laughs> Let me warn you about something that's going on before stuff gets gets a little sticky. Yeah. And what I like to say, just like, hey, you know what? I think I'm done serving your coffee, and that was enough for him. He's mm-hmm. like, boom, I'm done serving your coffee. I'm, I don't need you in my life about this, and mm-hmm. let's just move on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, Julian, I, mm-hmm. I respect that. Mm-hmm. As yep. much as you have Ava kind of going around like, what's going on Oh, my on God, here? Ava. Let's just talk about the fact that both Ava and Julian got very little screen time in the last couple of weeks. We've seen very little of them, which is a really good thing. But Ava's talking about, she says, she asked him what's going on. And she's like, it's not like, she says, you're acting like the bones are like truffles that are just found in the earth. I'm like, that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> that made me, I'm like, why are you comparing like dead body bones to truffles? That made me laugh out loud. I was like, okay, Ava, you're doing the most right now. I can't even with you. And she doesn't believe that Julian doesn't know anything about this body that they found after Chase walks in and said, because she's like, why is there still 
tape up there and then Chase walks in right on cue and says, oh, it's it's an active murder scene or a crime scene because there's a body found in the basement. If you had enough going on in your own life, what do you got to be worried about what's happening in your brothers? Just relax. It has nothing to do with you. You know, so he says that and then there that happens and then then that starts to escalate and go into other things, which D.A. Dawson, Miss Margot Dawson comes into play and then they've got a new, we've got the new Jordan now. Not sure how I feel about her. Yeah. And I think it's only in no, no shade or disrespect to the young lady that's taken over the part. I think I got so used to the other young lady playing Jordan that it's just going to take me a minute to get used to her and feel her vibe out and see what she's bringing to the character. So I'm going to sit back and reserve my comment for her until I see what she's bringing to the character. But I really in, enjoyed Vanessa Antoine and, and, and she is missed. Very much so. Uh, it will be interesting to see when the new actress has a scene with Curtis. That's, what that's, that's when we'll know. Yeah. Because yeah. right now they just paired her up with D.A. Dawson and, she, and she's running in and out of the house. And I'm just like, mm, let's see what's going to happen a little later on. Yeah. I'm glad they gave Stella and, and everybody a break this, this week, too. Because <laughs> so, Stella's about to go in. But, um, yeah, so, and then we find out some really interesting, you know, I'd always, I always knew something was shady about her the minute she showed up, and I quite never knew what it was. And then we find out the reason she's so dogmatic about the Corinthos clan, Jason included, is because of her dad. We do find out that that body that's buried underneath Charlie's is her father. And that's why she's been so dogmatic, and which... Which annoys me because she shouldn't be allowed to pursue that case. It's a conflict of interest. I can't imagine if Jordan's smart, she's going to say, mm, you, you can't be. I mean, she she would have to. Just like she told, like Jordan told her when they went to the house and she kept pushing Mike. It's like, the dude has dementia. Why are you, why, why are you, because bull- she in, in essence was bullying him. Yeah. But how much do we love the fact that he played he played uh, possum? No, oh, yeah, and 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 revved it up just to get her off the scent of Sunny. <laughs> I kind of loved him for that. That was the best scene ever, ever. You know, it's one of those like, well, all right, you know what? Uh, you you can just steer into the, the illness that's cre- uh, that's plaguing you and use it for your benefit for every once in a while. And let's also pay homage again to. The actor that I think is the best actor on the planet, Mr. Maurice Bernard, in the scene that he has with Mike, where Mike tells him, you got to stop worrying about me. You know, you got to let me go because Car- him and Carly have a fight about it. And then he's like, you know, Carly's right. You got to let me go. You know, it's OK. I'm going to be OK. And Maurice Bernard is crying cr- crocodile tears. Child, I had to go get a roll of toilet paper for that one because I was not ready. Even to tissues wa- weren't enough. No, tissues were not enough. I needed some three-ply Charmin for that one. I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, what is happening? They are wearing me out on General Hospital with the tears. I couldn't handle it. Well, as I look around the studio right now, since we bring up Maurice Bernard, let's uh, just do a Maurice yes. Bernard check. Okay, you know what? And I'm working on it, and we're getting closer. So you can clown, keep on clowning me, but I will let you know because we're getting closer. How about oh, that? Oh, okay. Just, you know, you don't have to tell me all the tips and tricks that you have up your sleeve, but... Oh, no the- tricks. I reached out to PR. I'm just going to be straight up with it. I reached out to PR for General Hospital, and we're working on it. Oh, all right. All right. Well, So there's that. 
From Carla's lips to Maurice Bernard's <laughs> butt in the seats. Let's see what happens there. Uh, yeah, 20, 2018 is rapidly coming to a close. So we'll see. You know what? It is just September. <laughs> Thank you. It's, uh, it is just September. Stop it's giving me shade. Act- soon to be October. Stop giving me shade. And then by then you might as well just say it's the end of the year. Whatever. I see no Maurice Bernard. Shut up, yeah, Frank. <laughs> uh, so now do you uh so we, of course we at Christina now uh as always being kind of the the the, the rebel in the uh, the Corinthos family now working at, at Charlie's. Charlie's. <sighs> but you needed something for her to do and But really she had to go work at Charlie's. Like does does Sonny know this? How's Sonny going to feel about that when he finds out? I love that Sam is supporting her, but even Sam ain't happy about it. Well, she I do like Sonny that he realizes like she likes to to rebel and go in the other direction. Yeah, well, you tell her, go left, she go right. She's just that kid. Everybody has one. <laughs> and I figure if this storyline's going to heat up, at least she has some kind of reason to be involved in that storyline, mm. at least tangentially mm. to it. So I'm like, all right. Plus, we get to see <laughs> we get to see Valerie. She came back for a hot second. Right, two seconds. You blinked and she was gone. <laughs> Which is a shame. <laughs> It was like blink. Oh, that was Valerie. <laughs> yep. Given the well, one we get to find out at least Valerie. She's taking her detective's test, so hopefully that means that she could maybe be Chase's new partner. Fingers maybe crossed. Maybe she be Chase's new girlfriend. That would be great. He needed a little love interest to make him something. interesting. I think because uh, Valerie right now getting the worst jobs because her job in that scene was just to come over and tell Julian like, oh yeah, you get your your uh, your renovation approved. That was it. That was the whole reason. I'm saying if you blinked, you would have missed her. Oh. <laughs> And it is interesting to see because they do. Play, I do like the the friendship that they struck up between Valerie and Christina. But I'm also always kind of curious too because you feel like could it go in the direction of Christina developing feelings towards Valerie? I don't know. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Ooh, that would be interesting. And we certainly know at least you know because Valerie's had some very contentious relationships with partners. Remember that thing with Dante? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Oh, that would be real interesting. Actually, I'd like to see that. So. I've always gotten that vibe anytime they've kind of paired them up as just like as friends or she was actually pretending to be her girlfriend mm-hmm. or at least on a date there to kind of make uh, Parker jealous. So uh, mm. it's always been seeming interesting. Good point. So Good we'll keeping see. that. Oh, well, I, thanks. I, I didn't check that one. All right. All right. Yeah, well, look at that. Look at you. Oh, and what speaking of Chase and Valerie and all of that. Ben and Chase's dad shows up in Port Charles. Yes. And which is interesting because after Chase kind of inadvertently saved him and Anna, he's had a little change of heart toward, Finn has had a little change of heart toward Chase and has been a little more amenable to them having a friendship as brothers. He invited him to coffee and everything. Just a half a cup, though. It's just a half a cup because the hospital coffee's terrible, (laughs) is what he said. Um, And then dad shows up and then... Finn is starting to feel like he was set up, and he ends up finding out that he his dad needs a medical consult, and he wants it from him because he's the best in that field. And to his chagrin, he agrees to do it. But I think based on everything that he knows is happening in and around poor Charles, I think he realizes that, you know what, for better or for worse, it's still my dad. Yeah, I mean, you know, if your dad is coming to you saying, I have an illness and I don't know what it is, and you're the best in the field, I need your help, you'd have to be pretty cold and heartless, no matter what baggage you're carrying towards your father, to say, 
no, I'm not going to help you. So I was kudos to him for that. That was that was good. Yeah, I, if they, I couldn't. Have, I was not imagining them to write a scene where Finn leaves that not making some kind of effort to at least offer to help his dad. Because mm-hmm. you know, it, it was kind of built up like, well, just give him some time to think, some time to think. I'm like you can't leave the scene without him at least doing something. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad they resolved it. That I'm glad that they resolved it. Oh, and then I wanted to give two shout outs to. My friend Maurice Bernard, who's not here, that we talk about every week, he just got um, the lead in a John Gotti, playing John Gotti, in a film playing John Gotti. So congratulations, Maurice Bernard. We love you at the GH Report. Come and talk about your John Gotti movie. And you can come over to Black Tomatoes to talk about that, too. Um, and Lucy Herring, who plays Lucy Coe, had a birthday yesterday. There you go. So just uh, other shout-outs, uh, things that you want to, uh, you know, it would be great to shout-out to them in person, but they're not here. Okay. What, other, what, <laughs> what, what kind of GH news do we have, Frank? Oh, uh, so much great GH news. <laughs> Why don't we hop into the little news? Uh, of course, we've got some uh, some uh, some hot casting that happened earlier this week here, uh, and that was for the suspected role of Nina's daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Sasha. Yes. yes. So I, I feel like that is... Not going to turn out to be the real daughter. Uh, she turned around and gave that DNA test soups fast. She looks so much like her, though. Like, her stature and everything looks a lot like the, the uh, Michelle Stafford who plays Nina. Yeah, but I I don't know. I feel like... I would love it if it was her, because I would, I would not want it to be somebody that's already in Port Charles. I've said that before. But I also feel like that, that that is super fast to just go, like, Curtis found that out super quickly then. <laughs> But but I because that 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 was like Curtis had like such lack of finesse trying to yeah it was kind of awkward <laughs> it, it was, was. It, that old scene was so awkward <laughs> it was kind of awkward uh, <laughs> and then the way they just jumped time from that because it ends with him leaving that DNA kit like hey let me know and I'll come by and pick this up cut to I'm back in Port Charles with you Valentine and guess what I've got that DNA test like and huh it was, it was super fast oh all right but Sounds you know good. the dna test all you gotta do is spit in a tube so there's that there you go yes so uh it's uh she's played by sophia Matson. she's a swedish actress and model who's making her daytime debut so she's been on two and a half men campus security and ncis so uh no word on how long she's going to be around i don't think this is really nina's daughter so i don't think it's going to be a very long stint at all okay yeah we'll see i, I just feel like we would have we would have had had some indication uh, if that was. But see, true. but if it's not, but if what I'm saying is is the truth, then GH got us good. Uh, we also have a former GH uh, alum. Uh, we we love him and we miss him. Tyler Christopher, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, debuted in the role of uh, Nicholas Cassidyne. He's been over at Days of Our Lives as well, but he's taking a little break there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Brendan Barish, uh, who was ex Johnny Sakara. Is going to actually be taking over that role that he's going to for a few months while he takes a little leave of absence from days. So we've okay. got two GHers there, uh, kind of sharing the same role for a little bit. Okay, yay! Yeah. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I wish it, you know it'd be great if he's taking that leave to come over here and just do a little bit of uh, taping as Nicholas Cassadine on GH. <laughs> but we're not going to be so lucky about that. <laughs> you never know. Stranger things have happened. People in the chat room wanted to know about the Ava. They wanted us to talk about the Ava and Kiki scene. Uh, we would love to. Uh, there's so much more to talk about that because I've got lots of thoughts and opinions on that, but our time is running out. Yeah, well, we, can't, we can't do it in two minutes, but we can totally hit it next week. So, so rapid fire. Quick hot take on that. After Buzz TV. I'm so tired of them right now. 
I'm just Ava and Kiki. I could take them or leave them right now. The, the I, I will say the scene that was driving me bonkers was the trapped in the uh, with the radiator broken inside the apartment and just rubbing ice. I'm like, oh come on, whatever, what is happening? I with cannot, this? I cannot. Uh, and we get to see uh, <laughs> Nina just slap Ava. <laughs> she deserves. She deserves it though. So, I'm surprised she ain't got popped in the face more often. Well, you know, and I, I, what I did like about Julian and Ava's discussion is that Julian was like, yeah, you did a lot of stuff to Kiki. And yeah, you know, she, she did. And she, she was there for you no matter what. And then the, the first little mistake she has, you're like, I, I, you're not my daughter. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it feels like anytime anybody brings up that fact to Ava, she feels like, no, I, you she feels bring like she's up. being attacked. Yeah, you don't bring that up because that's not helping me right now. Ain't nobody trying to help you. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, you did all that stuff, right? though. It's not like you didn't do it. So, yeah. So it does feel like it's uh, we're inching closer and closer to a little sexy time again with uh, with Kiki and Griffin. So I know. I don't know how I feel about them, like, officially hooking up, though. I don't no. know how I feel about that. Do you just rather have them just hang out in, in apartments wearing tank tops? <laughs> no. That's it. We're just going to keep it to that level. No, I just... I, I think it would have been better left alone if everything that happened happened and they were just cordial. Like, I don't need for them to hook up. Oh, well, what are you going to do? They, they're two attractive people that right now have no significant others on that show. It only makes sense to pair them up. No, it don't. No. And <laughs> no. don't forget, we've got Dr. Bench lurking around in the background somewhere wait, waiting to rear his ugly oh, head. I cannot. They can keep him away from it. <laughs> That's right. Steve. They can keep him off as long as possible. So over it. He's going to be back. <laughs> All right. But you know what? We'll be back as well. Yep. Uh, coming next week. Look yep. at that. Look how well that works. So, folks, thanks for watching the GH Report. As always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. I know uh, in a couple of weeks there was a lot of stuff that was going on. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we just touched on the Ava and Kiki stuff briefly. We, I'm sure there's going to be more scenes of that coming up next week, so we will definitely dive deeper into that mm-hmm. next episode. But in the meantime, folks, if you want to stay in touch with us even after the show's after the off the air, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And don't forget to check out Black Tomatoes at 5 o'clock over at Black Hollywood Live. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie, please, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I shouldn't beg. That's, that's terrible. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us uh, for the GH Report. We're excited to be back. We're excited to uh, do the show again with you. You make it so much more fun uh, when you're here and we get to talk about the thing that we love the most, which is General Hospital. And we'll do that again next Sunday night right here on AfterBuzz TV. Till then, have fun. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 